Hello, friends. It's that time again. You know, you're still looking for them, but it's time to find your balls. <laughs> Maybe some of our listeners have found them, Jeff. That's fair. Okay. Apologies to those who have found them. In fact, message us, please. Let us know <laughs> because we do want to give you a shout out mm-hmm. for having found your balls. For the rest of you, keep looking. You'll find them. They're out there. My name is Jeff Stuckey. I'm in the shotgun position. As always, the driver is Greg Allen. Why the fuck can't we play Rocket Man by Elton John when I introduce you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe we could. Maybe you could sing it. I don't. I mean, if we have to resort to that, but I don't understand why people can go on YouTube and like cover a song and be famous, but you and I can't have Rocket Man. And like the lyrics were written for you. I don't have them memorized, but I will say, burning out his fuse up here alone. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we know what the stage yeah. is like. But the part that like most resonates is, I'm not the man they think I am at home. Uh-huh. Do you know one of the number one questions that people have asked me? <laughs> I can guess. Go is ahead. Greg really a rocket? I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. he's a real deal, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking rocket scientist. Like, uh, and they're like, really? I'm like, yes. I mean, he's an engineer, so he's on the autistic spectrum. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, all right. Thank you, I guess. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, why can't we have Rocket Man playing when I introduce you? I Rocket think Man. <laughs> Let's try it and see what happens. I think we get sued or something. Right. I don't know. Anyway, how you doing, man? You good? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm... So music, um, music's on my mind now. You got a you got a favorite song? Oh, man. I've got a few. Uh you know, the, I don't uh, have time for a few. I just, I, I just <laughs> okay. I got, like a favorite song. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, the Doobie Brothers, listen to the music. Whoa. <laughs> Rewind and start over. Okay. Where do you want me to go? Then? Did you say Doobie Brothers? Yeah. Listen to the music. That is your favorite song. I, you know, I got put on the spot in a hurry. And what do you, okay. I'll give you a do over if you. If okay. I caught you off guard. Yeah, okay. Well, my true favorite song, but I was going to, I wanted to bring this up in a bigger context. Would okay, be, your true favorite song. Well, well, you can just tell us. Oh, okay. And then maybe the later we can develop it more. If okay. That's, okay. Right, right. Because there's some serious meaning behind why I like it. But oh, jeez. We're getting into your feels. Not, not, okay. Not, well, let's just go with favorite song. Right? Okay. Comfortably Numb, Pink Floyd. The, you know, that's an interesting thing that most people probably would not guess about you mm-hmm. is your pink floyd thing right right what i don't know i'm just gonna let you explain that thing oh no yeah. oh great yeah well just the the band that you go all that yeah stuff. yeah well I, I i first saw pink floyd in the 70s their animals tour and it was just like a big rock concert arena type thing you know and it, it didn't mean a whole lot to me but probably about seven years ago i saw a um, tribute band called Brit Floyd that is like world renowned. They're awesome. And, and it's factual that you go to these concerts by yourself. Yeah. Unless you're in town, but I drive to Cincinnati or Louisville um, by myself. Yeah. To go see them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's just an experience, you know, to be a, to be a part of a group like that. Okay. I want to deep dive on the Doobie Brothers, but I'm going to look that past. <laughs> Thank you. It's summertime. So in the summertime, my f- my music changes like radically, but summertime, first part of summer, I guess we're not technically in summer, but spring, mm-hmm. like I deep dive country music. Oh, wow. 
like hard yeah. core country music. Okay. And like I'm there's two songs that I'm fixated on right now. Uh Kenny uh Chesney has this song called Get Along. Mm-hmm. And uh we play it, but apparently we'll get sued. <laughs> um I don't know, can I tell them to look it up? Uh so Kenny Chesney, get along and the the content of the song, but also just the lyrics. And then there's a, another song by this group, which I've never heard of before, called Low Cash Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And the song, which this may surprise you, because I'm Eeyore, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so depressed because there's this fucking tack in my ass. Uh, <laughs> it's called I Love This Life. And man, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, when I get fixated on a song like i loop that shit yeah yeah like i can go a shocking amount of time listening to the same song over and over yeah again. yeah you're are you being polite or are you saying you can do that as well no i can definitely do that yeah and i might want to bring up now this might surprise you as well one of the longest running bands i was in was a country band and it was what? <laughs> yes, yes. And mostly originals. We've got uh I am <laughs> devil I feel like you just cheated on me. How so? Fucking you were in a country band and now I'm learning this at the same time that <laughs> the rest of our listeners internationally. Wow, I feel so violated right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had been playing for a while in you know, this was of, drums, I guess. Playing yeah. drums and a country band. Okay, carry on. Yeah, but I was playing in rock bands and stuff, and they would play for a while and fall apart. And and somebody said, "Why don't you just answer ads for people looking for drummers?" So uh, so I did, and the guy said, "Well, it's it's a country band." I said, well, "I play mostly rock music." He was like, "That's okay. We can teach you what to do." <laughs> and it, it turned out to be great. We we're supposed to just do a few recordings for the guy, and it's like, "Oh, I love this band." So we played for quite a while. It, it was in Louisiana. So how long were there. you in this uh, country band? I want to say a couple of years. You know? And uh, what what was the name of the band? Uh, Straight Shot. But our friends called it Long Shot. <laughs> <laughs> More appropriately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, it turned out well. We, we headed to Nashville, and uh, by the time the van actually left, it was just the guitarist and the bass player. <laughs> the rest of us fell out, and uh, and he got there and within six months started selling his songs rather than trying to promote them. So he did well as a songwriter, huh. but so, uh, um, what, what's the name of your local band? Oh, electric Larry and the current band. <laughs> I know you love that. <laughs> I, and I wish we have to have Larry on. Oh, that would be great. Is that true? We could. I mean, we I, have to have it, Larry on. I almost brought my t-shirt today. The back of it said, it was by the Alley Bar. We played there before it shut down. And, and it said, of all the bands that have played at the Alley Bar, Electric Larry and the Current Band was definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was their last. Uh, so I show. guess my, so your your version of Pink Floyd is probably, would be my John Mellencamp. Yes, yes, exactly. Because I could go, I think most of my, uh, I don't know, a significant amount of my adolescent, early adulthood thinking mm-hmm. was influenced, if not constructed, by Mellencamp music. Okay. 
It just, I don't, well, about the time, I can't remember the exact year, but it would have been early 80s when Jack and Diane. And so my sister had this friend who was smoking hot. <laughs> she was four okay. years older than, my sister's four years older than me. This It was her, you know, she was, they were the same age, smoking <laughs> hot. And I'm talking... 80s smoking hot. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she had the feathered hair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you know what jeans she wore? Jordash. Fuck no. <laughs> Come on, bro. Bobby Brooks. Oh, okay. Gosh. John Mellencamp, pull off those Bobby Brooks. Let me do what oh. I please. Anyway, she was really into Mellencamp. And so, in order to impress her, I memorized the lyrics. <laughs> To Jack and Diane. <laughs> All right. And there's this like little symbol part. Nah, 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 nah. Like, and I'd always do the, like, yeah. it never worked out for us though. I don't oh. know. But anyway, so that got me into it. There's a song. I mean, I could go on and on. Apparently I'm going to go <laughs> on and on about this. Minutes to Memories mm-hmm. was a song also. Fabulous song about an old man and a bus ride. So it's like a John young John Mellencamp riding this Greyhound bus uh, with this old man that helped build this land. And I remember there's kind of a crescendo at the end of the song where Mellencamp's reflecting back on this bus ride and he's talking to his son and he says... There is no free rides. No one said it'd be easy. The old man told me this, my son, I'm telling it to you. And I just remember that refrain, especially in some of the like really difficult times of my life. Like there's no free rides. No one said it'd be easy. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the, the chorus is suck it up and tough it out and do the best you can. Yeah. And I just remember that providing great solace Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And then that started me on, um, I mean, anytime I could see Mellencamp, I'd go see Mellencamp. Oh, wow. And so went to see Mellencamp one time, and this was the Love and Happiness Tour. The opening act, we sit down and I'm listening to the opening act, and I'm like, I turn to the guy next to me, and he's considerably younger. I was out of college by then, and this was a college guy. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys, man? They're <laughs> fucking fantastic. Mm. Blind Melon. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude. Like, if I'd have known yeah. then what I know now, and I think in terms of, like, vocal, he's close. But lyrically, that dude could write some fucking mm. lyrics, man. Music, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that... that uh, I don't know. You got like a favorite vocalist? Like who, like just like. You, you know, I'll go back to David Gilmore with uh, Pink Floyd. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm stuck on that. Yeah, you're, you're, see, I'm all over the place. Yeah. And you're like stuck on the, I think music for me has been a place where I could go and one feel. Mm-hmm. For some reason, music has always, and, and I'm, I don't think I'm saying anything profound, but it was like 
whoa, these are feelings. And then the lyrics were so many times words that I didn't have. Right, right. You know, putting words to feelings. And it just always helped me navigate emotional space. You know how you and I talk about vulnerable emotions. I think music is where I, one, first started to feel those and then have words to put with those feelings that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And then I always had kind of that safe space to go to, to mm-hmm. if I were struggling or if, you know, I I don't really know what I'm going through. It's like, I'd go down one of those music rabbit holes and I would find the words that fit the feelings that allowed me just to continue to move forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to suggest this, that maybe it wasn't all in the lyrics, but just the fact that you could um, relax and, and drop your guard and allow the music to, to be kind of soothing, even though it could be energetic as well, and, and allow the feelings to come up because there's nothing blocking them. It's almost like it's enticing you into them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like as you get into that lyric, like when I get got out of high school, probably still in high school, getting ready, close to graduation, dude, I went hardcore into Depeche Mode. <laughs> okay. I might have been depressed coming out of high school. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I remember, again, like they had a song, Blasphemous Rumors, And, you know, I'm at that angsty phase and I'm like, you know, oh, religion, blah, well, you know, whatever. And it was like my secret sin, like singing that song in my head, like, oh, shit, I hope God doesn't hear this and kill me or whatever. But then they also had this song called Somebody, and it was just this sweet, sweet ballad. And I remember those lyrics. It was just like. There, I had this emptiness that I felt inside, and dude, growing up, women terrified me. <laughs> okay, fucking terrified me, yeah. and my capacity to communicate with them was minimal at best yeah, because yeah. there were only two situations in which I could. One would be out of profound nervousness, and then I'd just say the stupidest yeah. shit ever. Yeah. Or profound drunkenness. Oh no. <laughs> and that's not yeah, right. And apparently after after doing much field research and data collection, <laughs> profound drunkenness is not sexy. <laughs> but it probably won out as your choice. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it did, dude. Uh, babbling Neanderthal. Yeah. But that song, Somebody, <clears throat> it's like, again, it pulled me into those feelings of mm-hmm. like, God, I want somebody mm-hmm. that I can feel this towards and will feel this towards me. And at some point in time, our listeners are not ready for this, but at some point in time, I will account my father's dating slash sex talk. <laughs> now, I do think most of our uh, episodes come with explicit, mm-hmm. so... 
uh, Justin and Eric will have to label that one like something way beyond that because, <laughs> and there'll have to be a waiver that you listen to okay. because right. you want to talk about fucking somebody up. My father's sex talk will <laughs> fuck up the psyche. <laughs> okay. But this song gave me hope that someday I could feel that and somebody could feel that towards me. Mm -hmm. And that's what music has always been that for me. Mm -hmm. And let me suggest that maybe someone else might feel that same thing, but with a different song in a different setting. Just something that says, I, I, I'm somebody, someone knows me, and I know them. So, Well, and that's, you know, and you make a good point, because that's what's cool. And, and what's cool about art in general, maybe music specifically, is it may resonate with you a completely different mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And then that just expands the meaning of that song mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, I, I never would have thought of. Yeah. There's a, Mellencamp sings a song called For the Children. This was like, I'm not sure at what point in his career, but at some point in his career, he was just like, fuck it. <laughs> no way. Not John Mellencamp. <laughs> and uh, For the Children. And it, again, it's just one of these like beautiful kind of melodies that it's it's just like his contribution saying that there's so much about this life that can't be understood. But all I can do is the best that I can and be grateful for the rest. And it just... It you know mm -hmm. this like me and depression, <laughs> like we can be best of yeah, friends, yeah. and it was just things like that that just expanded my awareness and started to pull me towards these other deep emotional experiences like gratitude and striving and resilience and all of these kinds of emotions. Okay, so now what do we do? <laughs> All of that, because yeah. fucking Elton John won't let me play Rocket Man. If they would have let you play that at the beginning, I mean, we this I would have not wasted the last nineteen minutes. nineteen minutes of your life. So, <laughs> all of your com criticisms and complaints should be sent towards. I don't know. Can you salvage this shit show, or is it uh, too late? Are we off the road? Me or driver? <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> maybe we can look at the value of songs. You mentioned how John Cougar had helped you with the minutes to memories type thing, you know? And uh, so the whole Pink Floyd experience, it, it helped me in two ways. Uh, one, as an adult going to, to watch that, which everybody there was an adult. <laughs> I was the youngest one there. But <laughs> anyway, uh, it's like you could set aside the mess of the day, you know, the things that you get caught up in and just get sucked into this other world. And I don't even know what it was, you know. I mean, maybe it's the lights and the whatever, but just another world. You're just sucked into it. And for several hours, it's like you're just there. But the cool thing that I noticed was that it was a group experience. So the first time I saw him was in Evansville, and I did know some people there. But now, then, Pink Floyd or this cover oh, band? No, Brett Floyd. The, oh, I was going to say, fuck, man, Pink Floyd came to Evansville? What? <laughs> no. Too bad I hadn't been born yet. <laughs> That's right. Subtle jab there. <laughs> so anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I go to Louisville or Cincinnati or wherever they're playing that I can find them, 
And so I don't know anyone there. But yet, halfway into the show, it's like it's it's a, a unified kind of spirit, the whole place, you know. And I first picked up on that, and I didn't know the words. I didn't know the songs. You know, I just knew, hey, I want to watch a band. And, uh, you know, and their, their song, um, Wish You Were Here, and the lyrics were, <laughs> we're just two lost souls swimming in a fish bowl year after year. And at the time, I'm just hearing that, but I'm seeing a thousand other people singing along with that. People that, my estimation was, they don't know one another. But at that moment, it was just like one heartbeat, you know, and one, everybody was genuinely present right there and into that. And, and it meant something to each one of them individually, I bet. But as, as a group, it meant something. And then that just continues for the night, you know. Um, so that was an experience I hadn't had in a long time where there's a group of people that were actually present, genuine, sincere, and I'll say with one heartbeat. I don't know if that's too colorful to be meaningful. <laughs> well, I think it's important because I think it's, one, it's really, 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 really hard for us as men, as we've talked about, to get to that place mm -hmm. and to have some freedom from achievement. Yeah. You know, I just get to be here. I just get to experience the music. But then also just that connection. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why music has always been, you know, little did I know. I didn't know this back then, but we've talked about this. You know, the, the primary conflicts for men are, one, just the constant strive to achieve. Power, success, achievement. We set a goal Achieve the goal. It's the first fucking thing we do. Set another, Set another fucking goal. <laughs> yeah. Speed up the treadmill. Yeah. And then our lack of awareness and exploration into vulnerable emotions. And then to like do that, you know, with other people around you. Yeah. Like the oneness oh, of man. that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you something. That's why we pay so much fucking money to go to concerts. I know, I know. God damn. I, I was going to go to Eric Church, but man, I've already <laughs> sold <laughs> one kidney. I thought I we were in a goddamn recession, quarantine pandemic. Yeah, wow. Uh, well, something I noticed along with what you're talking about, the connection, it's, at some point in the concert, it's like people are, I mean, of course, you're clapping and then raising hands like, you know, I don't know what, but I felt like in a Pentecostal church service, you know, like we're not praising the band, <laughs> you know, but we're just experiencing life. And it seemed like that was done more, you know, being open and stuff, you know, not your hands in your pocket kind of thing. And I'm thinking, man, this is difficult even to do in a religious setting because we bring with us our, what do you call it when you don't want to um, keep your mask on? <laughs> I don't want to be vulnerable, you know. But there, it didn't matter because everybody was just open, and it's it's whatever. We're just experiencing this together. And and the other thing I thought is like, well, yeah, you, you kind of feel that in a football game. You know, if, if the people around you are wearing, wearing the same color jersey, <laughs> then that's good. But in there, there, there's an opponent, you know. And I was thinking, which is not a bad thing. You need that. Right. <laughs> but at the concert, there's not an opponent. So there, uh, maybe there's no need for that success, power, and achievement cycle. It's like, hey, we're just here experiencing this together. You do it your way, I'll do it mine. Well, and the interesting thing about sports, right, is it's one of the few environments that men can be affectionate. Mm -hmm. You know, you can bump chest, you can hug, but you can also comfort, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And that's the interesting dynamic 
about sports is you do have a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. So while one side of the stadium gets to beat their chest, <laughs> yeah. you know, when they get to celebrate around that, then it's one of the few areas where men can actually comfort each other. Yeah. That fucking sucks. Yeah, that goddamn coach, like, <laughs> this fucking bullshit. We'll get, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fascinating that those are the arenas that kind of coax us out of our socialization into some emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And we don't even fucking know it. Yeah, right. I mean, it just to connect on a song like that, yeah. And maybe that's the power of it. We don't even really, we don't even realize what's happening to us. I when I used to do corporate training, I used to do this exercise, and I would have everybody in the room ask each other, "What was your favorite song in the eighth grade?" And it, you know, it's like whatever. So mm-hmm. I'd give them like, "Okay, get on Google." like Google top 10, whatever, you know. And so they'd take some time and they'd find their favorite song. Do you know your favorite song in the eighth grade? Yes, that's why I said that earlier. Yeah. What is it? I'm not going to say it again. I didn't know it was in the eighth grade. Well, does it change? (laughs) Clearly, I'm a revolving door. Yes, I'm like on a... Kenny Chesney, like, yeah. get along down the road. And that ain't my favorite song in the eighth grade because that song wasn't written yet. Right, right. Well, I mean, there's songs that I've liked since then. But I remember talking once about how that kind of defines you or, uh, um, you know, allows you to, the first time you're expressive or whatever. Well, really imprints you. So you're going in the eighth grade, like, you're kind of at the peak of differentiating. So you're... Mostly telling your parents, no, your parents say clean your room, you say no, your parents say (laughs) take trash out, no, you know, those kinds of things. So that's more negative differentiation. So the first positive differentiation that we do is we pick a favorite song. Oh, that's something we did on our own. Yes. That's my favorite fucking song. (laughs) Try to deny that. My favorite song, (laughs) Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Oh, wow. Yeah. You want to know the backstory? Yeah. It would behoove you to want to know. (laughs) I couldn't want to know more. Because I'm going to tell it. Okay. So, you know, I was raised on the west side of Evansville. Mm -hmm. And for us west siders, going to Burdett Park, which is this big swimming pool. It's fucking Disney World. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So, one day we're going to Disney World, a.k.a. Burdett Park. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to do shit, go through the bathrooms and you walk out. So I see the woman of my dreams and I'm thinking it's going to happen. We're going to fall in love. (laughs) Now I'm a dumpy fourth grader probably. (laughs) I mean, you know, so, but I'm like, that's, oh yeah. so I'm doing all kinds of stupid adolescent or not even adolescent preteen shit to get her attention, whatever. And she's like, Every time I she'd go happen to go on break, whatever. <clears throat> but I'm not, I'm undaunted, Greg. I am going <laughs> to win my woman. Yeah, yeah. Until finally, my mother says, It's time to go home. Can you imagine the heartache? And you had not achieved your goal at that point. No. <laughs> and so we go back across the sweltering asphalt. 
into the unair conditioned Impala. Oh wow! And mom starts the car up, and guess what songs on the oh, radio? Don Henley. Those motherfucking boys of summer. After the boys of summer have gone, and it was just like the salve for my wound. Yeah. And so that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it healed you at that time. But when you emotionally identify with something like that and you share something intimate, it causes the brain to release a hormone called oxytocin. And oxytocin is commonly referred to as the intimacy hormone, which me, we as men don't fucking do that shit. <laughs> but when... When it's released in our brains, what happens is we want to share, we want to communicate, we want to be open, we want to understand. So there's all of these profound effects that this hormone has, but we as men, because the way that we're socialized, right, are mostly cut off from so we don't even experience the biochemical release of it. We don't experience, you know, if we start to feel that, we shut it down, right? Yeah. I don't fucking need you or I'm fine or big boys don't cry, whatever those mantras were. But when we share something like my favorite song in the eighth grade, it has this deep biochemical response that draws us closer together and music can be this profound avenue for us as men to start to find each other again. I like the sound of that. <laughs> Whatever it takes, huh? Voila. <laughs> the shaman emerges. You thought I was lost. You thought I was like, had given you bad directions. <laughs> and maybe I just, blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah. <laughs> well. um, and really, that was unintentional. But we did kind of, there is a powerful element to that guys go listen to some songs man find the shit you identify share it with a buddy yeah yeah like let him know why it's meaningful to you mm -hmm. and let that experience draw us closer together so that we can be the emotional support that each of us needs the other to be well that's great i don't know where to go from there sounds like we found the uh, airport should we land the plane i think we should <laughs> All right. As always, thank you for listening mm -hmm. and thank you for subscribing and thank you for giving us five stars, whether it's out of pity or actual liking the podcast. Yeah, we'll take that. Share with your friends if we said something that you thought was beneficial and Facebook. Yes. Interact on Facebook, Becoming Man Made Today and find us on Instagram at Becoming Man Made. Perfect. All right. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it was great. You did a good job today. Thank you, sir. Thanks for <laughs> keeping us on the road and getting us back alive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>